All right, we're going to continue in our Stay the Course sermon series. And I've got a, a message that's going to be a little bit different on today. But first of all, I have no points. But you need to, you need to pay close attention because what I want to do is give you practical examples that you and I have always faced and understand how they apply to our lives. So I want us to look at this, and I'm going to use David as an example, because I believe that, in, at least as far as I see, there's three men that stick out very prominent in the Bible. David, Jesus, and Paul. David, Jesus, and Paul. Saul who would be converted and become, Saul who would be converted and become Paul, because you know there was King Saul, but also Saul in the New Testament. Jesus, of course, being the perfect one. But David was a man, I believe, who he was so much like you and I. He had his ups, he had his downs, but no matter what he did, he always wanted to please God. So in our lives, I want us to take and look at different situations that we've gone through, different times we've been at in our lives, and not always looking back, but looking forward. And not always looking forward, but looking back and ask ourselves, is this a bump, a block, or a blessing? The title of my message today is, is this a bump, a block, or a blessing? Now, it used to be 30 or 40 years ago, if someone was preparing a message, it would take them maybe hours just to find one scripture. They would have to say, okay, well, is it in Matthew? No, 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 no. It's in Malachi, or is it in Acts, or is it in First Chronicles? Wherever it was, they may not know. But God has blessed us that with devices such as this, or your, even that $600 or $700 or $1,000 or $2,000 phone you have in your pocket, you can find scriptures in a matter of seconds, very quickly, very quickly. Pull out your phones if you have them. Don't go through a whole lot if you don't have them. But type in these three words. Type in these three words. The Lord is. Just type those three words. Google in and type in the Lord is. What do you come up with? The Lord is my light. Somebody else? My shepherd. My strength. Just... Just three words. You don't have to know, okay, well, where is, and we know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But suppose you miss a word. But the computers are smart enough, and enough people have put enough information in there. You don't even have to know the whole scripture. God is working. He's, he's putting things out there to make it easier for us to know him. He's making it so easy for us to know him. Even though things may not always come the way we want to and things, our lives don't always go the way that we plan. Has anybody ever woke up in the morning and your coffee machine won't work or you didn't have creamer or you stubbed your toe or maybe, you know, it's raining out and you just decide, we just decide in just that much time, oh, it's just going to be a bad day. Is this how the day is going to be? Just because of one small thing. But if we would take more of these situations and see how they line up with the word of God, we would realize it's just a bump. This is just a bump. And if you stop, and let me ask you, when you, when you hear the word bump, what comes to mind? Come on, y'all, help me. 
Okay, ouch. <laughs> but when you think of a bump, what, what comes to mind? Speed bump. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, a speed bump. And all a speed bump is designed to is it's strategically placed by some type of engineer or whatever to say, hey, watch out for other people. You need to slow down. Amen. But it's not designed to stop you. It's just saying, slow down. But God is saying, my word is here, and I'm trying to teach you. And when you get in these difficult situations, as we all have to do, and we will all, if you live long enough, you're going to find some difficult situations. Am I right? You're going to come across some hard times. There was a man in a third world country who had committed a crime and was in prison. This man's daily task was that he was assigned to clean the latrines. That's what he had to do every day. And one day while he was cleaning the latrines, he happened to look in one of the stalls and saw what appeared to be a printed piece of paper. In other words, it wasn't a handwritten note. It was actually a printed piece of paper. This man took that piece of paper and wiped the urine and the feces off of it only to find out that it was a page out of a Bible. The guard who had used the bathroom was using pages out of the Bible to wipe his rear end. From that day forth, that man volunteered every single day to go and clean the latrine just so he could find pages out of the Bible. But yet, we have electronic devices right here in front of us, and we will not pick them up just to get the word that's already right here before us. Truly, the Bible is right when it says we we perish for a lack of knowledge. So I'm going to bake a cake. And the first thing I'm going to do is make sure I get a big enough bowl so that when I start stirring it, I don't make a mess. The next thing I'm going to do is open my cake mix box. And then I'm going to pour enough water into the bowl so I can start mixing. Now, does that sound like a good way to start making a cake? Probably not. You don't put the water in first because when you add everything else in after that, the water is going to splash out. And then I'm starting, okay, well, maybe I put too much water in. Well, you've already started mixing. You can't take the water out. So guess what? This cake is going to be nasty. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. Or not implementing the knowledge that I already have. Knowledge tells me, read the instructions. Read the instructions. We're going to face situations, but we have to learn. And, and how many of us can attest that we've been through some hard times before, and we can look back and say, man, that was a blessing. But not everything that we went through was a blessing because we can look back truly and say, you know something? I can see God won't in that, but he blessed me anyway. God, and thank you very much. In spite of God blessed us. But what we want to do is understand right now as you face, even on today, even on tomorrow, to be able to understand what is a bump, a block, or a blessing. So let's, Pastor Wendy, thank you very much. So let's define what is a bump, she told me. What is a bump? A bump is, she's like, people don't always know what you mean, and she's right. To knock, because one of my philosophy in life is don't assume and don't take for granted. 
Don't assume and don't take for granted. What's a bump? It is to knock or to run into something, someone or something with a jolt. To knock or run into something with a jolt. Unfortunately, while we were moving yesterday, Sister Christie bumped her head. <laughs> so that's a bump. What's a block? To make the movement or flow in difficult or impossible, such as a passage, a pipe, a road. That is a block. We know what a roadblock is. We know when you put too much grease down in your sink and your water won't go down, it's blocked. It's blocked. You know, if you've had kids that somehow toys end up in the commode, it is blocked. It makes the passage difficult or impossible. And then a blessing. Blessing is God's favor and protection. A beneficial thing for which one is grateful. Something that brings well-being. That is a blessing. Anybody in here blessed on the day? Anybody in here blessed on the day? God's favor and protection. God's favor and protection. Hallelujah. So, the thing is, again, we have to understand that when situations arise to know the difference between the three. What's a bump, what's a block, and what's a blessing? Now, pop quiz. Y'all ready? Pop quiz. Bump, block, or blessing? Let's get this example. And this, y'all, come on, y'all. Y'all work with me on this. Give me my example. So you walk down the road, and I say that, I get this example because down the street from us, there's a bridge that's no longer operational. They say it's going to take six months to get it fixed. All right? So you walk down the road. The bridge is out, and the water is deep. So you turn around. You go to FedEx. You strip down to your skivvies. You still got your drawers on. <laughs> then you hand your clothes over to them, and you ship your clothes with FedEx to the other side of the bridge. You go back to the river. You swim across the river with your money in your mouth. You find a store on the other side. You go buy a blanket. You have to wait a whole nother day then your clothes arrive and then you turn around like, hallelujah, look at God. Is this a bump, a block, or a blessing? I'll put it this way. When you went there and the bridge was out, that should have been, that should have been the first indication right there. God is telling you, you can't go this way. Right. Automatically, God's saying, you cannot go this way. And we run into situations, I mean, we will work. And I mean, trust me, I've been there before. We will work four, five, seven jobs to get something and say, well, look at God. And God's like, you know something? That's not my will for your life. Now, understand, people in situations, because granted, if you work 40 hours a week at McDonald's, you can't live like your friends live. You may have to get a second job. But sometimes, and I've seen it, man driving a, a 2020 Acura, and he got a Pizza Hut sign on the top. <laughs> so so you gotta, you got you to deliver pizzas so you can afford the car? I mean, come on now. I mean, and you have to ask. And we have to stop and say, okay, is this a bump, block, or a blessing? I mean, come on now. I may take a dollar bill. You got your money in your mouth. I may take a dollar bill and put it between my lips long enough to hold it or something, but I've never put money in my mouth, even as a kid. 
I'm not putting money in my mouth. Then you go out and you buy a blanket and it's like, well, why are you covered up? You were walking around a minute ago. Well, okay. But you're like, oh, that was normally a $200 blanket and it was 75% off. Look at God. When the first indicator should have been the bridge was out. The bridge was out. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Between our bumps, our blocks, and our blessings. Now, I'm going to read a whole lot of scriptures, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in the scriptures. But I want to use David as an example, beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 26. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT, New Living Translation. We know that, that David had met King Saul and found favor in King Saul's sight. David also, uh, Saul also had a son named Jonathan, who David and him became the best, the best, the best of friends. But at some point, King Saul became jealous of David and tried to kill him. So as we pick up here in verse 17, it says, Saul recognized David's voice because they were in a cave and called out. He says, is that you, my son, David? And David replies, yes, my lord, the king. Why are you chasing me, David asked. What have I done? What is my crime? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son. I will no longer try to harm you, for you value my life today. David had the opportunity to kill King Saul, but he didn't. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Here is your spirit, King David, he replied. Let one of your men come over and get it. Lastly, and the Lord gives his own reward for doing good for, and for being loyal. And I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you within my power. For you are the Lord's anointed king. Bump, block, or blessing. This is a block. We have to understand that there will be people who come into our lives and they are only meant to be there for a season. And we have to know, and I'm not talking about Ray Ray that you don't want to bring to church. I'm not talking about, you know, your significant other. Sometimes there are places that we do business with. And we're like, you know something? The more I come here, the food is never good. The service is always bad. We have to know when to cut it off because guess what? We go there after church on Sunday, and guess what? You're wearing a suit at 1 o'clock on Sunday. People know where you just came from. But then we want to complain about the service, the food. We want to talk to the manager. Hey, I want this taken off my bill. We've got to know the difference between a bump, a block, and a blessing. And the block is cut it off. Let's go back to, I think it was verse uh, 22. He said, here is your spear, O King David. Let one of your men come over and get it. So when it's time to cut it off, cut it off. Excuse me. Uh, tell your cousin to come over here and get your keys. I'm not meeting you because I know every time we get together, we're going to go to blows. So tell them the keys will be underneath the porch. You know, you do what you got to do. 
You do what you got to do. Sometimes you just have to cut it off. And it's like, are we still going to stay in touch? Well, we'll see. Well, text me. <laughs> All right. Bump, block, or blessing. Then let's go back to verse 23. And he says, and the Lord gives his own reward for doing good, for being loyal. And I refuse to kill. He says at the end, for you are the Lord's anointed one. So guess what? Don't put your mouth on people just because y'all have parted ways. Don't put your mouth on people saying, see, yeah, they won't write anyway. And then you want to, and then we, I won't say you, we want to tell other people about what happened between you and that person. But guess what? What makes me any better? God is not a respecter of person. What makes me any better that God doesn't want to anoint my life and then anoint their lives as well? Be careful when we part ways with people what we say about them after the fact. Let's go to 1 Samuel 27, next chapter. Verse 1. Do I not have verse 1 in there? Okay, I'll read it to you. David kept thinking to himself, he's going to get me. The best thing I can do is to escape to the Philistines. And then when Saul saw that he had done this, he stopped going after him. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, son of Maok, the king of Gath. And David and his men and their family settled there at Gath. And David brought his two wives along with him. And then verse 4, four which we have there, says, Word soon reached Saul that David fled, so he stopped hunting for him. Bump, block, or blessing. This is a blessing. Because the king, excuse me, Saul wanted to kill David. And he could never get himself in a position to do it. When your enemies are coming after you and God puts a wall between the two of you, which we can say is a block, but it's a blessing. When you know that that person is no longer in a position to do you any more harm. How many of you have heard stories, or maybe it's happened to you, where there's a conflict between you and another person, and that person is your supervisor or someone in the chain of command above you? And before you know it, they're getting moved to another department. Or they got fired, they got terminated. And again, we can't put our mouths on people unless we're asked, well, what happened on this day? Well, I'll tell you what happened. But we, want it. we can't go to the break room drinking coffee and eating our lunch and talk about it. And it's like, oh, Joe got fired. Well, guess what? You put your mouth on Joe. And be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Somebody's going to put their mouth on you. So that is a blessing. Are y'all with me? Again, I have no points. But I want you to think about this as real life and how we go through things. 1 Samuel chapter 28. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops. Verse 5. Okay, I'm sorry. When Saul saw the vast Philistines in the army, he became frantic with fear. When, why? Because he saw the Philistine army. He was looking with his natural eyes. And he asked the Lord, what should he do? But the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or by sacred lots, or by the prophets. Next verse. 
Saul then said to his advisors, find me a woman who is a medium. What is a medium? One who seeks to talk to those who are dead. A spiritualist. What's the word? Clairvoyant? His advisors replied, there is a medium in, at Endor. Let's jump down to verse 15 and then verse 18. He says, and this is Samuel talking. That's the one who the medium, who is never mentioned by name, she summons Samuel. Says, Samuel asked Saul, why are you disturbing me? And Saul replies, because I'm in deep trouble. Guess what? You've been messing with God, or you haven't been obedient to God. The Philistines are at war with me, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I've called you. And I tell you what, when you tell me God ain't answering you, and you come to me, I'm stepping to the side. I'm not getting between you and God. Only time I'm getting between you and your goal is if it's a basketball goal. Alright? <laughs> That's the only time. But I'm not getting between you and God. If he ain't answering you, then wait. And then verse 18. The Lord has done this to you today because you refuse to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekite, Amalekites. Don't go to people and ask them, but why is God doing this to me? Well, what are you doing for God? Have you been obedient to God? If we haven't been doing what God has called us to do, there's nothing, no pastor, no preacher, no evangelist, no prophet, no brothers, no organization in this world can do for you. Because he was disobedient. God said, go and wipe out, kill the Amalekites. Don't leave no turkeys, no chickens, no cows, no bulls. Don't leave anything alive. But he said, no, nah, I'm not going to kill the king. I'm going to bring the king back. Bump, block, or blessing. This is a block. This is the biggest block there ever will be. Being disobedient to God and expecting God's mercy to prevail. Now, now, granted, the Bible is very clear that his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 136, read the whole chapter. If you can remember, and I heard somebody say this the other day, his mercy endureth forever. If you can remember that, you remember half the chapter. But if we think we can be defiant towards God and expect God to continually put his hand on us, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That is a block. Believe it or not, y'all, I'm about halfway done. Chapter 29. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Achish. But the Philistine commanders demanded, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish told them, this is David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel. He's been with me for years, and I have never found a single fault in him from the very day he arrived until today. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send them back to the town where, that you gave him, because King Achish has given him this entire town of Ziklag. He's like, tell him to go back home. It ain't like he ain't got no place to go. Tell him and his 600 men to go back. He can't go with us into battle. What if he turns against us 
in battle and becomes our adversary. And the verse goes on, but I cut it off. But he said, insisted, as far as I'm concerned, he goes back to David and breaks the bad news to him. He says, as far as I'm concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you in battle with them. They are afraid to have you because, David, you've got a reputation. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. And if you put your hands on somebody, they're finna die. And all, all we need is for somebody to be in the midst of us who will turn against us. You only got 600 men, but those are 600 well-trained warriors and fighters. So, David, I love you, man. I mean, you're as good as they come. But they don't want you. They're afraid of you. Is this a bump, a block, or a blessing? This is a block. Thank you. Even when you've done everything that God has told you to do, guess what? You're going to find some walls. If everything that, and I know, I know the questions come up, was, well, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Think about it. If God answered every single prayer you prayed, and I mean every single prayer you prayed, guess what? Man, everything you could, man, you'd be writing stuff down. Well, I'm going to ask God for this. Well, I'm going to ask God for that. I'm going to ask God for this. I'm going to ask God for that. Woo. And I know he comes right on time. Mm, I'm going to ask for this. Oh, this house ain't big enough. This car ain't fast enough. If God answered every single prayer, and granted, it's not God's will that we perish. It's not God's will that we not be in good health and not prosper as our soul prospers. But every single prayer will not be answered. Come on, y'all. Every single prayer. Because all things are working together for good. And I've said this before. All things are working together for good. And God wants to use me or use you to bless someone else. But until that person is in position, until they get in the position that God wants them to be in, and maybe they're waiting on somebody else. And you're like, well, Lord, why won't you answer my prayer? It's not that I haven't answered your prayers. I'm telling you to wait. I haven't told you no. I'm just saying wait. Because I'm a gentleman and I can't violate their will. And until they're ready to receive and until this other person gets in line, I cannot answer your prayer. Y'all understand? And, it's, and I'm telling you, this, this, this Christian wall, it's, it's bigger than just what you see in the mirror. It's bigger than just what is in your driveway or what's in your cupboard. We can find, I'm telling you, we can, we can sit right here, cut the cameras off and shut it down. We can find any and everything in the world to complain about. Come on, y'all. It ain't that hard to find something to complain about. But when we think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, but not just for me. You know, we had that bereavement conference, and I'm telling you, it's like, I'm like, I am so good. I'm here for y'all. I'm here for y'all. Y'all need some support. I'm here because my mom died in 1974. I'm good. And I realized I want good. And I, 
appreciate the support that, that people showed me. But we've got to know how to look back. And when we find these situations, in fact, oh, we don't have to look back. The Bible says that he leadeth me beside the still waters. Stop. Let's stop getting in such a, a tizzy and, and getting so anxious and like, Lord, what do I need to do? How many of you, when you were growing up, when, when a real bad thunderstorm came, your mama told you, go to, now go lay down. Go shut everything off and go lay down. Go to bed. <laughs> And if you think about it, that's a biblical principle. I don't know what my mom was thinking. Maybe she just thought we would just run around and bang our heads on the wall because we were scared. But that's a biblical principle. She would make us lie down in green pastures. And when we woke up, guess what? The storm was gone. The storm was gone. Chapter 30. And, uh, and let me just say this. Even though God closed that one door, y'all know what we say. For every door God closes, he opens another. Chapter 30. Three days later, David and his men arrived at home at their town of Ziklag. This is the city that even today is being honored by Judah. Even today. That's the significance of it. And it's, it's right there in the Bible. I didn't research that. It's right there in the Bible. It says, and they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziglag. And they crushed Ziglag and burned it to the ground. Oh, no, they did. First of all, you own you my grass. And, you know, I don't even put do not touch the grass or stay off the grass. Huh? But you in my grass. And not only are you in my grass, you came in and you burned my house down. You had no business even coming on my porch. And you know people like, I'm not on your property. Yes, you are on my property. This is city property. Get out of my yard. <laughs> y'all know how y'all do. Anyway, and they, and they carry off the women and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. Remember that. They carried them all off, but they didn't kill anyone. Verse 3. And when David and his men saw the ruins... And realized what the Amalekites had done and what had happened to their families. They wept until they could weep no more. Uh, I'd say about a month ago, um, Pastor Wendy's sister came over and we were watching this movie. And I'll tell you what. I had to change all the air filters in our house now. I mean, because there was so much dust in the air and so much pollen. I mean, my eyes were watering. <laughs> this was a sad, sad movie. And I'm sitting here wondering, it's like, why am I crying? It's a movie. But it was, a, it was something that happens every day, and I won't say what happened. But it was heart-wrenching. But can you imagine, you've lost everything. And David and his men... I mean, they just got turned down because, because the Philistines said, we don't want you in battle. And then this king who thinks so highly of you has to break the bad news to you. You're like, okay, we're just going to make the, bad, the best of a bad situation. You come home and your house, your village, everything is burned down. 
How much bad, how much worse can this day be? And the scriptures, I don't have it in there. The scriptures go on to say that after they got done crying, the men were like, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's pick up some stones and let's kill David. Now you're going to turn on your leader. Remember we talked about that in the beginning? You got to part ways with people. It's like, if you don't like me, then leave me. Don't kill me. Because everything I've been doing, I've been doing for us. I've been not done for myself. I've been doing it for us. Is this a bump, a block, or a blessing? Let's go back to verse 2. Go back to verse 2. Chapter 30, verse 2. They carried off the women and children and everyone else, but what? Without killing anyone. Okay, so you got a little stain on your favorite coat. Does the coat still keep you warm? You got a little scratch on your shoes. Can you still polish them? Come on now. Take a little marker, cover up that scratch. Somebody spilled something on your carpet. Your paycheck was $3 short. This is a bump. Well, they, they burned down the entire village. This is a bump because guess what? Your wives and your children are still alive. All of that other stuff. And, and I'm telling you, I don't know what it's like. I can't fathom what it's like for those people in the Bahamas who lost so much, who lost everything during Dorian. But they're still alive. For some, not all of them. Because they say it's still like 1,300 people that are unaccounted for. But as long as you still have your breath and your life you are blessed, and this is a bump. Your house is gone, but you are still alive. Let's look at cha our same chapter, verse 8. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that's taken from you. Go after them. Go after them. Now, does that mean go after everybody who's done you wrong and beat them in the head? Take out warrants, restraining orders and all that? No, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. But when God gives you that green light that tells you, I want you to go for that promotion. I'm not qualified. Says who? Who told you you're not qualified? Who told you you don't have enough experience? Who told you that you couldn't? I am for you. And as I saw somebody said the other day, me and God make a majority. Me and God make a majority. If one will chase a thousand, what will two thousand do? Two, what will two do? Put ten thousand to flight. There is power. What? In the name of Jesus. This is a blessing. God knows that even when you've been wrong, he is going to do everything to make it right. First Peter chapter, it's not up there. First Peter, first Peter chapter 3, verse 14. First Peter chapter 3, verse 14. But even when you suffer for doing what is right, anybody ever been doing the right thing and got accused or suffered punishment? God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Even when you suffer for doing the right thing, God is going to reward you. 
Chapter 30, verse 9 and 10. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook of Bethel, verse 10. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued in pursuit with 400 men. And you know, I looked at this scripture and I was like, I was like, there's something about this. He had 600 men. And all of a sudden, 200 of the men said, I'm too tired. We're too exhausted. We can't go on. I was like, oh, what is this? And I'm telling you, it was, it was so beautiful. I mean, it was just like Pastor Wendy would come to me and she'll say, hey, I want to share something. This revelation the Lord gave me. And when she gets done, I'm just looking at it. She said, well, it meant something to me. <laughs> and I mean, we don't always, I mean, let's just be honest. I don't always do that. But I mean, you know when something means something to you. And other people don't get excited. They may be other believers. They may be other co-workers, but you know when God's hand is in it. And it's like, thank you, Lord. But I, was, I, started, I started on this message around 6.30, 7 o'clock. And around 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to bed. And I'm like, but this one scripture just keeps coming at me. And I'm about ready to put one foot in the bed. And the Lord said, hey, guess what that scripture means? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I could have went to bed two hours ago. <laughs> But see, we got to know our bumps, our blocks, and our blessings. And for me, it was just a bump. David had 600 men and 200 said they were too exhausted. So if we take the number 600 and divide it up, we can divide it up 600 different ways. By ones, by 300s, by 100s. And I started Googling, and I'm like, well, 600, let's, let's see. Well, let me Google what parts of the body wear out first. And I can't even say on, on, anyway. But then the Lord told me, like I said, right before I got in the bed, he said, this is what it means. Take the 200, which is what? Out of 600, 200 is what, mathematically? It's a third. It's a third. So what's that one? What are the thirds? Well, one third, because 400 men, two thirds still want to go with you, right? So what's the one third? One of the thirds is, the body says, I mean, excuse me, the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So guess what? Your mind is renewed by the word. Your mind is ready to go into battle. What's the other one third? The Bible says that the spirit is willing. That's your other third. So what's the 200 that don't want to go? The flesh. The flesh is weak. So guess what? When you get ready to do something, you're going to say, come on, 600, let's go. Guess what? You're going to find 200 of them will say, I'm not going. 200 don't want to stay up and study for a test. 200 don't want to go to work. 200 doesn't want to go to church. 200 doesn't want to work overtime. 200 are going to say, we can wait till tomorrow. And you are going to find every day or every time you make a major decision for God, 200 are going to say, I'm too exhausted. I am too exhausted. Say what? <laughs> exactly. When you, but see, that's the beauty. God bless you. You got ahead of me. When they got back from the battle, 
The 200 men were joyful saying, you all made it back. Because guess what? They were told to guard all of the treasures and everything that they had. They didn't take it into battle. They told the 200, y'all are too tired, just sit here and watch it. And so the other men are like, what, what are y'all so joyful for? Y'all didn't even deserve it. We went in the battle. We risked our lives. And get, David said, just like we're going to talk about the parables, David said, guess what? They did what they could. They were too exhausted. They don't deserve what we, they don't deserve anything but what we did. But guess what? I'm going to look at them as being equal. They fulfilled the task which I gave them, which was to watch the treasures, watch the gold. So guess what? Just because your body is tired, you don't beat it up. You bathe it, you wash it, you feed it, you take care of it. So maybe next time it will have the strength. It will have the strength. And you say, body, you've been so good to me, I'm going to put you on a three-day fast. <laughs> and you ain't going to drink nothing. <laughs> so this is merely a bump. When your body says, I don't want to, ain't nothing but a bump. Because guess what? And I, and I don't advocate this, but if you have to lay in bed, you can still pray. If your body says, I don't want to get out of bed, okay, fine, lay there. I'm praying. I'm praying. All right, y'all. And then my last verse. I know I went long. Verse, same chapter, verses 18. And David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great. Nothing was missing. Nothing was missing. Nothing was missing. His house got burned down. His village was destroyed. But nothing was missing. Son or daughter or anything else that had been taken. David broke everything. Bump, block, or blessing. That's a blessing. I hope y'all got something out of this. So as we, if you got, you've got these notes, I pray that you took these notes, but you can go back and look at these situations, and it's like when, when we find ourselves, when we stub our toe where there's no cream before our coffee, it's not a bad day. It's just a bump. It's just a bump. Your car won't start. Guess what? You got Uber. It's a bump. But when you get to the bridge and the bridge is out, <laughs> It's a block. God is trying to tell you something. And when I, I made that, I used the analogy before, your, your check is $3 short. Come on now, half your check is missing. It's, and, and I'm not going to tell you it's a bump, baka, or blessing. But you, we have to make decisions about these things all the time. Because, and I'm, I'm, I'm so guilty, I'm so guilty that I will stub my toe or something. I'm like, well, Lord, did I miss it? Did I miss it? Lord, did I miss it? And it's like, wait a minute, hold, hold on. You got an adversary who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm the one that came to give you life and more abundantly. Didn't nobody tell you you to walk around in the dark? <laughs> you think you got great eyesight? Put your glasses on. Turn the light on. Yeah, it was a bump. You bumped your big toe. <laughs> so we thank you. We thank you, everyone, for being here on today. For our social media family, I just believe that 
that God has just blessed you on today and that this message that you heard is received and received with joyness and gladness. Learn how to, to hear God's voice. Learn it in your study time, in your devotional time, to, to, teach, to ask God, Lord, speak to me in a way that I will understand you, that I will clearly understand. Lord, I pray that it come through your word or spoken by the man or woman of a God, but even if it's a child or whatever way, Lord, that I will clearly know that it is you. And I will know the difference as I stay this course between a bump, a block, and a blessing.